The Dragon Rewrite is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that ground armadillo is the only known cure for the common cold? However, it's illegal to grind armadillos because they're the national bird of Texas. <laughs> I did not know that. For more armadillo-related facts and to unlock bonus content, check us out at patreon.com slash club. Wheel of Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Micah Sparkman. Today we're covering chapters 53 through 56 to finish out The Fires of Heaven, book 5 of The Wheel of Time. So previously, uh, NDA gets grilled by the White Tower while Elaine and Min wonder who their other sister wife is going to be. <laughs> Good thing Avienda is keeping a real tight watch on that dragon D. Uh, Rand and his crew decide to go ice Robin to send a message that you don't fucks with the dragon's girlfriend's mom. <laughs> but before they can get underway, Lanfear goes all ex-girlfriend Super Saiyan on everyone. She's like, let me smell your dragon D. You know that D belongs to me, is what she says. She's <laughs> in the old tongue. In the old what tongue, yeah. Uh, then Moraine knocks... Let's see. Then Moraine knocks Lanfear right into another dimension, literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chapter 53, Fading Words. Icon of the Flame of Tarvalon. So we start right where we left off. Moraine and Lanfear just fell through the, the twisted Terangriol into the other world. Or something. They're gone. Yeah. And Lan's all about to do some like jumping on the funeral pyre shit. He's like, oh, I'm going with her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Rand stops him. So Moraine and Lanfear are like gone and they shorted out the Terangriol or something? Yeah. I, I was unclear on this. I guess it's because they were channeling as they were going through it and all that, you know, one power... Burned out the portal or something? It was unclear. But I don't it was... know, yeah. Maybe it's because they both went through at the same time? Oh, maybe. maybe. Yeah. But that's neatly tying up that there. <laughs> right, <Yeah>. indeed. <laughs> it's very narratively convenient. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it sets a big fire and the Terangriel melts, apparently. I yeah, was... like candle wax. I wonder if it has something to do, because I wonder if it's somehow along the same lines of the Quendalar, how it has, its properties have changed. Maybe. Maybe it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it couldn't have happened otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's we, a good question. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know much about these doorways except that they lead to these weird dimensions. We don't know what they're made of. Or I guess we assume they are made by ancient Aes Sedai. But yeah, they say it just melts it down like wax. Mm-hmm. And it it has an acrid smell as the fire consumes it, which makes me think maybe it's plastic, and That's Rand just doesn't know what that is. It's possible. You know, he he always says it's some kind of smooth stone. Yeah, interesting. And so Lan can no longer sense Moraine. Yeah. They've been severed, which is very sad. Yeah. He, he doesn't take it very well. And, you know, it, it's we know that Lan has this this oath of loyalty to Moraine that's very important to him. Mm-hmm. But it seems like there's an emotional aspect to this that maybe is not surprising, but I, I didn't necessarily know was there, you know. The, yeah, like, well, they've been buddies for a really long time. Exactly. It's may, maybe inevitable that you, if you work that closely with somebody for that long, that you develop some sort of like personal connection to them. We've, Even we've, if your heart is a craggy stone. Right. <laughs> well, we've seen that before. The way um, I don't, after battles, when she's been healing people and Lan has actually been very tender with her because she, it just saps her energy. And also, I imagine, too, he feels like he failed, even though I don't think there's anything he could have possibly done. Mm-hmm. Not against Lanfear. No. no. 
and Egwene is hurt pretty bad, uh, but everybody else seems to be okay, except for all the crowd people that got blown apart by Lanfear. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, blown apart and then burned. I mean, because yeah. there are, I guess, several layers of death that were happening there. Right, and, uh, and no one can help them because Moraine could have healed them. But none of the wise ones could do that because they're useless. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, in fact, Sorley comes over and, and, and says of Egwene, well, that's what happens when you get tangled up in a man's schemes. Oh, that made me mad. <laughs> I know, right? The, the wise ones come in and immediately, like, I know you've had this kind of hate for them and I was on the fence about it. But this this scene, kind of, they just show up and start dumping on him. They're like, oh, you're a fool for doing... What? Like, what did he do? Like, yeah, he did he, nothing. He visited the docks. Yeah. That's what he did. Yeah. L- Lanfear just like, the, what? I mean, like, was he supposed to, you know, get with Lanfear to make her, to appease everything? I mean, like, what did they, what did he do wrong here is what I want to know. <laughs> Shouldn't have slept with Avienda the way that the wise ones were trying to, you know, make happen all along? I mean, I don't know what the, I don't know what the. Yeah. Uh, and Lan leaves, gets on his horse and leaves the narrative. Because his bond has been transferred to another woman somewhere else and he has to go. But I guess he's not leaving the narrative, right? Because we know where that Aes Sedai is. We've... Yeah, it seems unlikely that he'll be gone forever. <laughs> and, and conveniently, that's also where Nynaeve is. Hmm. Well, now mm. that's going to go. Oh, yeah. Wait, we know for a fact that Morel is in Solidar? I think uh, so. Is, wasn't she one of the people on the Aes Sedai Council or am I crazy? I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. I, I think she's one of the ones that, that's in the new Aes Sedai Council in Solidar. I okay. think. But it could be wrong about that. But before he goes, Rand tries to comfort him and Land's like, no, it was a good day to die. And then rides off. Because, you know, he's got his composure back. He's cool again. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's trying to be all sto- stoic, but you can see the tears. He's such a big softie. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. And he tells Rand to tell Nynaeve that it's over. Yeah. Which, yeah, he's like, tell, tell her I found another woman. Yeah, I'm gonna go bang this Aes Sedai now because that's what the green ones do. Mm-hmm. I think I feel like Glenn is seriously underestimating Nynaeve here. <laughs> right? Like, this, is that gonna work? This is <laughs> I think totally that. not believable at all. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, and the, but the question is, how does that change anything and make him less available to Nynaeve than he was before? Oh, that's a good point. Right? He was unavailable already. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe before there was this idea because it was pretty well known that. Lan and Moraine's relationship was not romantic. Maybe there was still some like candle of hope, but if Lan has a romantic partner, then no, I don't know. I mean, maybe mm. with I'm, this woman that he never met, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which is yeah, he's just like oh, I'm going to go bang this uh, Aes Sedai now. That's what I do. <laughs> so, uh, Rand opens the letter that Moraine uh, wrote for him and handed to him before she died, and it becomes clear that what's been hinted at for this whole book, she knew this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. She knew that he was going to visit the docks the day after news came uh, from Andor about Morghese or something. And that this was the way it had to go down because all the other ways involved Rand dying or going over to the dark side. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting that despite the fact that Moraine had knowledge of the future, it was not quite so, I guess, was it deterministic as as we might think. There were yeah. these, these different paths and so she sort of had to orchestrate the correct path, although she even she wasn't sure it was going to work. And those are all what she saw in Ruidian, all these different paths. Yeah, yeah. Was it the, the doorways in Ruidian? There's some, yeah. sort of like what the Aes Sedai have. Right, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so she went, she, that's why she's been trying to train Rand as much as possible. And she knew, she went to it, a warrior to the end. And it was interesting is we also found out that she knows about uh, Rand's pet glee human. Yeah. Which <laughs> yes. that surprised me. I did not, I, I mean, I, 
I guess it makes sense that she'd be able to know something was going on there, but I did not realize that she knew he had a pet forsaken. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting, too, because she warns Rand to not trust any of the Aes Sedai, and not even just the Black Aja, but any of the Aes Sedai. And he specifically names Varen and Alviarin, which is interesting. Yeah, it is an interesting choice, because mm-hmm. Alviarin is someone we know as Black Aja, right? Uh, yes, we yes. do. So yeah, she's the the the, the one behind uh, Elida, mm-hmm. at the, right? Which Varen, makes me wonder. Does... We've gotten no indication that Varen is Black Asha. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. To, it's really hard to tell with Varen because she's she plays her cards pretty close. I mean, even for an Aes Sedai, and the things that she says border on sinister sometimes. Yes, <laughs> but it's hard to tell if it's like a dispassionate sort of like researcher kind of sinister, or if it's a something. I think that's something that Varen and well, first of all, I do not think Varen is Black Aja, and I don't think Maureen thinks Varen is Black Aja. Mm-hmm. Um, but she still doesn't trust Varen, and I think that's something that the, those two women have in common. Varen and Alviarin, they're both, like you said, like dispassionate. They're very focused on this one goal, and they'll use anybody, I guess, to achieve it. Right. I yeah. Just I think, I think her, her broader point is more like don't trust Aes Sedai just because of who they are. Sure. Yeah, I, I just think it's interesting that she picked those two names. Like Alviar, and it makes sense. She's in the in the new White Tower, and Maureen knows that. Mm-hmm. But why why Varen? Well, Rand knows Varen. Yeah, and, and Varen and he have traveled, you know, a bunch together, right? Mm-hmm. Had That's some adventures. Uh, but Alviarin is the interesting pick, not Elida. Alviarin. I think it's because what of the letter mean? that she handed Maureen. Mm-hmm. Or that sorry that Rand handed Maureen from Alviar. Yeah, that was a sketchy letter. Yeah, yeah for sure. And also, she's like, I don't have to warn him about Elida. Nobody would trust her. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. And we also, uh, she also gave Rand a letter to give to Tom Marilyn. And it says, it's about a small matter that I once told him of which I must make clear for his peace of mind. Do we know what that is? I I don't think so. (laughs) There was that one conversation they had in the Stone of Tear. Where they were like, oh, yeah, you're from the house of Damodred in Kyrian. You mm-hmm. play the game. I'm assuming it has something to do with Owen. That's what his I was nephew, right? thinking is maybe it had something to do with like, because I remember there's something about him wanting to know who was responsible or, or if she was involved or something like that. So I'm wondering if maybe it's related to that. For, strictly from the way it's written, I think Moraine has seen a future for herself with Tom Marilyn. Mm. She's had, like, she has foreknowledge of that. Does Tom know anything about that, though? I think she may have, like, told him about it or something. I've forgotten. Well, that's not happening. (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know. He's going to get romantic with that pile of slag. (laughs) If there's one thing I've learned from, you know, everything ever, it's if they don't die on screen, they might not be dead. I don't know, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, Sulin and the other maidens take this... Opportune moment when Rand has lots of free time to confront him about his relationship with women. I'm glad they're doing it though, because like this is, it, I, I gotta be honest, this is getting really irritating to me that he has this, this hang up. Cause like the, the, the maidens of the spear are badass warrior women. If, and if he's holding this entire force back from a military engagement, he's, he's hamstringing himself. Yeah. But you know, it's important to him. You know, he's got like a, 3,000 year history of hurting women. It's, it's a dumb hang up for this particular circumstance. So I'm glad that they're like, dude, come on. Yeah, yeah I'm they, on their side. Uh, but they could have they could have handled it a little better than this, you know? I, I mean, they've talked to him about it repeatedly. They've asked him repeatedly and he's 
been two rivers stubborn about it. So I mean, like, what? Else? I mean, what other? I mean, but he's the boss, right? Can he send them to go live in a monastery or something? It, it, well, they they say if you don't want us to fight, then we'll break our spears. You know, which they uh, think that imply they're going to kill themselves, right? Yes, she says that if uh, if there's no glory for me in this life, then maybe the next one. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, I I'm overall I'm on their side, but just. This particular occasion is a bad time for him to be dealing with these personnel issues. I don't know. I mean, like, maybe he's in a particularly vulnerable position, so they're like, no, this is the time. Well, there was actually this whole thing with Lanfear where he couldn't bring himself to kill Lanfear because I can't kill ladies. Yeah, so he needs to get over that hang-up. So Moraine's like, I'll do it for you. That's why Moraine's dead. But he's still like, you know, he's in an emotionally emotionally heightened state right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I'm, I'm with Micah, though. Like, they have been talking to him about this for... Mm. Literally ever. Okay. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I think I'm just personally annoyed by Ren's position because I, I, now we understand like the background behind it. Okay. He's got this, this person living in his head who has this tremendous amount of guilt about a woman he killed 10,000 years ago or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that that's, I understand that it affects his, his position and his personality, but it's like, there's a lot of evidence to support the other position on this. I think it's really insulting to I, them. They, I'm sure they feel that way. Yeah. So uh, the the plan is not off. It is still go to get after Robin. He heads back to his uh, the parts of his attack team that are still alive. And Matt, <laughs> I really like that Matt is like sitting there grinning. He's super happy. And Rand's like, "Why are you happy?" And he's like, "Cause I'm alive. <laughs> this is great." Yeah, he's making some jokes or something. I don't remember he was making a joke about Maureen's death, and I was like, "Dude, a little soon." I mean, like it's been like 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I think he's handling the situation better than Rand is. Yeah, you're probably right. Because he's got all these, you know, badass battle memories. Mm. But uh, yeah, he's still in for plan kill Ravin. It's time to roll the dice. <laughs> I love how he says it in the old tongue and Rand is like, what? And he's like, I said roll the dice, duh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chapter 54, to Camelin, icon of the dragon. We get a map of Camelin. Yeah, it's a pretty sweet map. Right here at the end of the book. Yeah, I mean, like, it's a nice map. There's not a lot of useful information on it, though, really, you know? I mean, it's cool. Looks cool. It does look cool. I was trying to figure out if it's shaped like anything, but it's... It looks sort of... a little bit like a flaccid penis from the side. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes sense, a tarpon being a giant. Well, I, right. Yeah. I, it totally <laughs> fits. <laughs> oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, so, yeah, right? Yeah. Kinda it's like, got like a weird growth on it, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a weird growth to have on your penis. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not what penises are supposed to look like. I mean... With the side of the dragon. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. on the chapter, not the penis. No, not on the penis. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, before they go, Rand overhears the wise ones discussing Avienda's mission uh, in very explicit terms... But he still can't put two and two together. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like, it's, it seems pretty obvious, right? That this yeah, is what's they, going on. They, they sent Avienda to bone him, mm-hmm. to make him like the Aiela more. Which is kind of exactly what Kolovair has been doing, right? In, in Kyrian? He even Sending makes the same connection, right? He even says was something about uh, the possibility that she was like one of Kolovair's young women. Yeah, but... but you know, if, if she wanted to bed me, she wouldn't just be hanging around my room naked all the time. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Sleeping near my bed, you know, undressing in front of me, all these things. Yeah. I am like, come on, dude. This is. Uh, She'd be trying to marry me. That's the only way. That... <laughs> She'd be wooing me and then getting a one year betrothal period. 
So the Aiel have all gathered up together in the courtyard of the Kyrian Palace. And Rand is going to skim them all to Camelin, which is that thing where he goes to some netherworld and floats around on a platform. Outside of time and space or something weird like that. Yeah. So he packs as many Aiel as he can onto this platform that he makes as big as he can. This is a this is an interesting this is an interesting thing because this is a really effective military strategy. This is essentially like paratrooping, but at a time when they didn't have paratrooping, yeah, right? Kinda, yeah. So he's just inserting an army into the middle of their enemy's midst. This is like a clutch military strategy. Right, yeah. It, you You can't beat this. You'd think that the Forsaken would know about this strategy. Maybe they just don't expect it from him. Maybe I I get the impression that skimming a, a, a group this size is not something that people can do. Normally. It's actually not that big a group, though, from a military standpoint. As Modian, though, he's impressed by the amount of power that Rand is able to hold and able to in order to do this. Yeah, right. He's like, "Wow, this is the the biggest one anyone can do," or so I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> I love when he does that. It's like, come on, dude. That's not, That's not obvious. <laughs> but the, yeah. He, he, I think he's able to pack, what do you think? Like about half the Aiel that were there, so probably comes out to a, a couple thousand. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Um, so he said there were, what, 6,000 spear maidens who tried to get in, or was it 10,000 or something 6, like that? 6,000 spear, just warriors. Yeah, and, and he said that he couldn't take all of them, but it was like half people there. So yeah. Something was, like that. Yeah. It's several thousand, I would say. Yeah, so that's that's not enough for a battle the size of the one outside of Kyrian. Right. But it's enough to surprise somebody. In Camelin. <laughs> yeah. And if you drop in the middle, or right by the royal palace, then, you know. Yeah. And uh, they they zoom through space. This looked really dumb in my head when I was trying to imagine it. <laughs> it reminded me of one of the, I think it was uh, the Attack of the Clones, when they mm. have the Imperial meeting and, like, they have the little floaty <laughs> oh, platforms yeah. that they're on, and it just looked really awful. <laughs> That's what it made me think of. <laughs> Yeah, it, and it doesn't even, it sounds like it doesn't even look like it's moving, so they're just like kind of all standing there. Yeah, like, set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, just like cheek to jowl. For like, <laughs> for like 30 minutes. How's it going, dude? It's like a long, awkward thing. Oh, but someone falls off. Yeah, someone falls off, and he's like, what happens then? I guess you fall until you die of starvation or if you thirst? If you starve in this place. Yeah. Where yeah. the rules are different. Yeah, I mean, the nice thing is, I guess, if you're... And Aiel, you've got one of your knife things on you, so you just... Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. easy way out. This is one point where Matt's like, this is worse than the flaming ways, and everyone looks at him like, the fuck is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> yes. You're like 17. <laughs> the ways? What? <laughs> but they get there, and they start unloading, and it's a trap! Uh, lightning starts falling from the sky, and there's Trollocs and Mirdral everywhere... And the, the lightning kills Matt and Avienda and Asmodian dead. Uh, like, fries them, charges them to a crisp. And Pevin's just like, sta- Pevin, the, the standard bearer, yeah. is like standing there expressionless, like, hey. <laughs> right, still there expressionless. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. This is about what I expected. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's very sad. That Rand freaks out, loses his mind, and goes after Ravin. Directly. He's just Directly, like, yeah. you done did it now, man. Right. He, he's, he's, the, the words are, he was death. <laughs> <laughs> so, now seems like a great time to cut to Nynaeve doing some Nynaeve. Training. I know. <laughs> I was like, what? Now? Really? Ugh. Come on. So, Nynaeve is teaching Swan Sanche to dreamwalk at this moment. Mm. Cool. <laughs> I mean, it's annoying that it happened when it did, but I am glad that Swan is still able to be in the game in some way. I agree, yeah. 
This is a good accommodation for her disability. Yeah. Uh, well, unsurprisingly, Nynaeve is not a very good teacher. <laughs> no. Uh, it's made clear that Nynaeve and Elaine are kept very busy training as many Aes Sedai as they can to Dreamwalk, and also secretly training Swan, and also going to classes. And apparently Nynaeve's going to wizard therapy. Uh, right, yeah, for her, shit. for her block. Which mm-hmm. They should have done that before, right? I guess, it. you know, maybe it's a long-term thing. Mm-hmm. And and the the bitchy accepted Fallon is also ordering her around and teaching her technically. Yeah, and and Nynaeve is also trying to figure out how to heal Stilling in her own time. She's got a lot going on. Right. Yeah. And uh, the lesson is going great. Nynaeve and Swan have a fist fight. Yeah. So even in the even in the dream, Nynaeve's like <laughs> this is like the Nynaeve special. He's like. Let's go f- start a fist fight with some random person. Mm-hmm. Classic. Yeah, classic <laughs> Nynaeve. But in the middle of it, Nynaeve glimpses somebody might be Mogedian, so she cuts the lesson short. Yeah, I, w- I was thinking to myself, like, they've been spending a lot of time in Teleran Riyadh if they're doing, like, all these Aes Sedai lessons. And that's a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. That's a really bad idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so Mogedian must have... Seen all of that, right? It's been watching them for a while, I guess. But we get Mogedian versus Nynaeve round two. Yep, and it doesn't go very well because now Nynaeve can't channel at all because she's in her, she's in her, she's got the shitty Tarangrail. Right, good. yeah. Um, but she gets rescued again, just like round one, by Birgitta. It's really a goddamn hero. Like, mm-hmm. you, it's just, not even her warder. I know, right? <laughs> she, you know, so Swan wakes up. Brigitte waits a little bit and is like, Nynaeve's not back yet. I better go <laughs> go in there. She just like comes in bows a blazing. Mm-hmm. But this time, instead of using strength, Nynaeve uses trickery and uh, slavery to <laughs> defeat Mogedian. I was actually really into this solution. Like, I thought that was pretty cool that Nynaeve figured this out. Yeah, she uses the dream powers to imagine up an Adam to control Mogedian with. Yeah. See, this is why Wilders are good. They think outside the box. <laughs> That's true. But like... Aren't we against Adams and slavery? We are. Well, it's bad. Yeah. This whole chapter, she's like brutalizing Mogedian and torturing her and 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 coercing her. Yeah, the yeah. the the physical torture part makes me really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Mogedian. I don't. I mean, you know, sure, Mogedian's bad. Sure, like uh, you know, cut her throat. Great, right? I think we're all on board with that. Yeah. But yes. so Nynaeve owns Mogedian now. Yeah. Right? In this dream. Seems like. And uh, Mogedium gives her some info about the Forsaken and their plan to get Rand. And uh, Nynaeve realizes that she needs to go to Camelon in the dream world to help Rand. You know, I, I appreciate that it's useful to have a temporarily leashed Forsaken, but like, this is really the time to kill Mogedium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is so past time. I mean, this is... This is the, the Forsaken that they say she always waits and stares you in her webs and gets you in the end. I know. I mean, and, and Nynaeve ha- has made this mistake once before where she had Mogedian at her at her whim and was like, no, I can't kill her. I don't know. I can't do that. <laughs> We're going to put her on trial. Yeah, I feel like these characters should only, this series should only have a finite number of times that the good guys can decide not to kill someone because they just can't handle killing them. Mm-hmm. I feel like this this chip has been over overplayed. Especially with Nynaeve, I mean, like, she, she's directly suffered some pretty severe severe repercussions from freeing Mogedian, you mm-hmm. know? I think that's part of why we like the Aeols so much. Because they're just like, fuck yeah, I'll kill whatever needs to be killed. 
Yeah. And Matt. <laughs> Matt. Yeah. Chapter 55. The threads burn. Uh, icon of the ancient Aes Sedai symbol. So Rand is stalking Ravin through the Camelin Palace. Mm-hmm. And Rand is crazy. Oh, God. He's <laughs> just going nuts over here. He's like switching in between Randall Thor and Luz Theron Telamon. And it's not clear which is which, but it's really helping him in the fight. There's something interesting here. Rand mentions the fact that Ravin is very strong. Uh, maybe as strong as him, but he's winning because he has an Angreal. Mm-hmm. Why does Ravin not have an Angreal? Well, Why probably, do all the Forsaken not have Angreal? They're probably really hard to find in this world. I guess, but they don't have like a place where they kept their stuff or something, you know? I mean, well, the world's completely different. Yeah. I suppose that's true. And they are just by nature incredibly untrustworthy, so that might have been really difficult. Yeah, it's implied that where they were trapped is outside the the main reality somehow. So they may have been naked or something <laughs> okay. or without all their stuff. But anyway, Rand walking through the palace and going kind of crazy. And that was a that was a good callback to the prologue in the Eye of the World. Oh, yeah, you're right. That is what he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's definitely a parallel here. I was thinking to myself, like, he's walking through these palace halls, burning everything around. Hmm, I hope, this, I hope he's not... Yeah. Well, this is this is exactly the kind of combat that Luz Theron Telemon excels at. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> there's all these dead bodies. It's like, I didn't do that. It's like, sure. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's this scene where he, in front of a couple of cowering servants, he freezes a whole bunch of people to death. Yeah. And, and they shatter. And then he's like, okay, you guys can go. You're cool. And Not surprisingly, they're scared, scared to shitless about him. Right? Yeah. What was that thing? What is it? Is it nitrous oxide or what that you... Um, liquid nitrogen? Yeah. Liquid nitrogen, yeah. <laughs> he liquid nitrogens them. But he eventually chases Robin into Teleran Riyadh, which is convenient because that's where Nynaeve is. Yeah, everyone's yeah, hanging out. This is kind of cool because we know that portals can do all sorts of things, but this is the first time I think we've seen a portal into Teleran Riyadh in this way. Mm-hmm. Well, this is different, right? Yeah, yeah. He's going there physically himself. Exactly. Which we know is possible, but... We don't think we've seen anyone do yeah. it, short of maybe that, um, what's his name, Slayer or whatever. Oh, yeah, Slayer. <laughs> Murder, death, killer. <laughs> and Robin immediately tries to just vanish him, right? Just imagine him out of being in Teleran Riyadh. But it appears that he sort of turns into Luz there in Telemon, who is able to, like, keep him from being vanished because he knows what's going on. I was, yeah, I was unclear on what was happening here. It's because it's, it's a little a little abstract because it's Rand is insane. Yeah, Officer yeah. Rand's insane. I wasn't sure if uh, Robin was trying to force him into the becoming Luz Theron as like a, a way to destroy him or something. I don't know. It was unclear to me. Yeah, I think Rand at first thinks Luz Theron is trying to take over or something. But then he realizes that Luz Theron is helping him. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. About is that. helping him with his willpower or whatever dream stuff it is to, to prevent yourself from getting vanished. Yeah. Meanwhile... Nynaeve is spanking Mogedian into helping her uh, look for her to help Rand. Literally. Yeah, this is super weird. Yeah, this is like, she starts spanking her and Mogedian's like, seriously, dude? And then she spanks her really, really, really hard. <laughs> She's like, okay, well, gross. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she uses the Adam to make Mogedian like spank herself. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Uh. It's, it's a real weird scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whenever I read something like this, I'm like, really? Is this is this necessary? Can we just, you know... It, just... It's a little torture porny, like it was with Egwene. Yeah, but almost in like a humiliating, like, 
it's not even like a torture way. It's more just like a, I don't know. Just it's just a weird scene. Mm-hmm. But either way, yeah, that's how she gets her to do what she wants. Right, which is to head towards the explosions, because Rand and Robin are blasting each other with fire and bale fire, and and it's nuts. Mm. But, but holes in Teller and Riyadh. It's kind of a weird thing. I think Nynaeve mentions at one point that. You usually can't destroy stuff in Teller and Riyadh, but the bale fire is yeah. causing it to sort of short out. It's like a cosmic eraser. Yeah. But uh, eventually, Nynaeve managed to sneak up on and burn Robin. Which, which is good because Robin's actually, I guess, turning Rand into a dog or something. He's like polymorphic. Like it's turning weird. him into an animal. Yeah. An animal that can't channel. Which yeah. I guess answers that question because I wasn't <laughs> sure whether animals could channel or not. Yeah, dog Channels is what we call them. Channels. <laughs> <laughs> But then uh, when Robin is distracted by having been burned over his entire body by Nynaeve, uh, Rand bale fires him super hard. Mm-hmm. I, feel, I, I mean, like, I, this is a real bad time for Robin. You know, you think you're doing all right. He's like, oh, yeah, I've got Rand right where I want him. I'm turning into a, a dog or whatever. And then he's just like super on fire, just like <laughs> yeah. more on fire than anyone has ever been. Mm-hmm. And it's real bad for him. <laughs> right. Rand puts him out of his misery, though. Yeah, because it's like a beacon for an orbital strike. You know, they, they put this big light there. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, okay, right there. That's where I'm going to shoot my beams. And uh, so no more Robin. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Check that box off. <laughs> right, yeah. Put that, uh, that playing card back in the deck. Mm-hmm. And uh, afterwards, Rand and Nynaeve meet up. And can I just point out, Nynaeve has a whole conversation with Rand without being a dick to him. She does. Yeah. This is what it takes. I was like, what's going on here? It literally... being like a normal, nice person. What is happening? (laughs) He's like, do you need me to heal you? He's like, I don't know. A little hurt. She's like, I'm going to heal you. And and she she heals him. Doesn't call him a shithead. Doesn't comment about how men are stupid. I mean, it's just like, this is great. This is the best (laughs) night I've ever had. Apparently, all it took was literally ripping a hole in in reality. Yeah, Yeah, right. right. This is the... (laughs) We've tried everything else. Yeah. Ripping a hole in reality and murdering an evil wizard. <laughs> right, yeah. But uh, Rand has time to give her the message from Lan. When he's, he's like, Lan said, move on. He's found somebody else. And she's like, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, fuck, fuck now. <laughs> yeah. But, no, and, I'll have some words for him. <laughs> and says the same thing for him and Elaine. Mm-hmm. Tell her to move on. I've found somebody else. Uh, Except he kind of did. Yeah, that's more true. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then he leaves. He does his magic thing to get out of Teleron Riyadh. And uh, Nynaeve drugs Mogedian and uh, wakes up because she has figured out that Mogedian's in Saladar somewhere. Yeah, I, I, I'm really enjoying Nynaeve in these chapters for the first time maybe in the entire series. Mm-hmm. Like, she's doing these really clever things. She's, like, figuring these things out. This is what I've been saying. She's clutch. <sighs> now she's clutch. She's showing <laughs> a lot of intelligence and creativity. And she's so firmly on the side of helping Rand, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she just immediately jumps in there. Yeah, I love that she gives her fork root tea, which you know she knows not only puts them to sleep, but then disables their ability to channel for a little bit afterwards. Oh right, yeah. Here's the question though: um, Nynaeve says she knows that Mogedian must be in Saladar, but we know Mogedian's been watching. Mm-hmm. And Nynaeve, while she's been giving these various Aes Sedai like lessons in Teleran Riyadh, so could Mogedian have just gotten that information from that? Oh, that's a good point. But there, so, there was mm-hmm. something specifically. I forget what it was. Yeah, it's the, foul, the fact foul. that she was talking about Felene. She's like, I've never mentioned either Swan um, being 
something something about swan the Amarlin seat or something yeah like or Felaine in in the dream she says i've never mm-hmm. talked about that in a dream so you must be there yeah mm-hmm. we want to take any bets on who we think mogedian is that's a good question I, that, that's what i wasn't sure about does that mean mogedian is p- posing as somebody in saladar or does that mean if brigitte hadn't shown up i would have said it was brigitte Oh, really? Algadian had killed Birgitta and then pretended to be her. Oh man, that would be a really. Whew, be I'm, really I'm glad that wasn't it though. <laughs> yeah. I like Birgitta, just the way she is. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I don't know who do you think it would be. I don't think it's going to be one of the Aes Sedai. I think it's either going to yeah, be all... an accepted or like a village servant oh, or something. Shit, maybe it's one of the the followers from um, <gasps> one of the one three of the women that Nynaeve oh, brought with maybe. her. Oh, that would make sense. Ooh, yeah. Know. Yeah, which was it was Nicola and Merrigan and the kids and Arena, right? Yeah, and I, so I I don't remember if I mentioned this before. I had this like feeling those kids seem scared of their mom, right? Mm-hmm. Like they don't really believe that it's her mom, their mom. So maybe that's her. I don't know. I don't know if it's that. I think it, the idea is they're supposed to be just um, super traumatized from the war. I think that that's what we're supposed to believe, but I think that there could be some subtle hint that the ki- the fact because he keeps he's mentioned like three different times that the kids don't even respond to their mom; they just cling to each other, and that makes oh. me wonder if it's not actually their mom. But huh. I don't know. Just uh, maybe that would be a good one. Yeah, that would mm-hmm. be clever. That seems like something Magedian would do. She would make herself somebody somebody uh, not powerful. Yeah, somebody that wouldn't draw attention yeah, beneath notice. Yes. Yeah, uh, and yeah, but I guess. The Balefire, the the magic side effect of the Balefire is that Rand's friends are back to life. Yeah. Yeah. When he gets back to reality, I guess that was a while though. That was a long time. Like, so I, all of that, he's erased all of that like stuff? Like minutes of stuff that happened in the world just went away? Well, anything that Robin did, I guess. Though not the stuff that Rand did as a result of Robin. This this bugs me actually. I think I've talked <laughs> to you about this before. Like, I get what they're getting going for here. But man, it's, this is, this is some like wobbly logic here, right? Well, I'm, I'm happy that Matt and Avienda... Okay, I'm happy that Matt and Asmodian have not been fried to a <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, well, Avienda even says, you just disappeared. So from her perspective, like, Rand just vanished and then showed up again. Yeah. So this is the third time now that... Matt, or fourth time that Matt has died, but not really? Oh, it's only... Well, for, for Balefire specifically, it's twice. But yeah. he also, he was hung by the fox. Sure. People. There was that. And then wasn't there another time when he almost It was died? a dagger thing? Maybe, yeah. Maybe he's related to the thing. dagger. Yeah. Well, that just made him really sick. But okay. So he's anyway. He's chewed death a lot, but it, you know, he does have that luck thing. So it yeah. kind of makes sense. That's mm-hmm. kind of his thing. But the, everybody else besides Rand has been fighting all the Trollocs and Myrdral. And Pevin. But we Pevin, hardly knew ye. I really liked Pevin. I know. Yeah. I was. <laughs> this might be the the first character death that I've cared about. <laughs> <laughs> he, caught a, he caught a Trolloc spear. It's so sad. I was getting kind of attached to Pevin. I'm going to be honest. Every time <laughs> like they cut to him and he's just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. And he's like laying there and Rand's like, that's the first expression I've ever seen on his face. It's surprise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pevin. This, this is really sad. Well, you know, in order to make these things... You know, really connect with the reader. You have to show what the consequences are and kill everybody's favorite character. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin the Banner Man. I know. I would, I would read an entire book just about him, just going about his day, just like, eh, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> right. He's fine. Yeah. He's eating some food, holding the banner. <laughs> just expressionless, just eating his food. They're like, that, that food is rotten. I don't care. 
<laughs> Life is rotten sometimes. <laughs> Pevin out. <laughs> Chapter 56. Glowing Embers. Icon of the Wheel of Time. Yeah, the clip art. The <laughs> clip art, yeah. So Rand is in the Andoran throne room, you know, hanging out like kings do. Yep. Watching his gardens. Yeah. Asmodian's playing a harp. Mm-hmm. In the garden. Yeah, like he does. When Davram Bashir, of all people, comes I in. Know. I'm so, I know! We've been hearing so much about this guy. I'm excited to finally meet him. And, you know, I like him kind of immediately. Like, just, <laughs> yeah. his, just his, like, no-nonsense way of just interacting with everything. He shows up with, like, a bottle of wine. And he's like, hey, there's nobody at the door, so I let myself in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry to bother you. You want some drink? Do you know that? <laughs> yeah. And he's been... We finally find out what he's been doing. He's been chasing Mazarim Tame, mm-hmm. who I forgot was in Saldea. I completely forgot he was in, yeah. I yeah. Uh, and he's angry. He thinks that the Aes Sedai, the tower, have, uh, were using Mazarim Tame. Which uh, we don't know that they weren't. Yeah, we don't know that they weren't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they led him all the way here. And Davram is saying, I, I, I want your permission because I guess you're king now or something. Whatever. <laughs> and Rand's like, yeah, I mean, kind of. I mean, really. like that. No, not really. I mean, like, I got, I got bigger fish to fry than being king. I'm, like, I'm already the dragon. I think that's enough for me. And Bashir's <laughs> right. Yeah, solid, solid. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and he wants to lead his army into Andor to chase Mazarin Tame. And Rand says, no. He says he's going to have an amnesty for men who could channel. Which is actually... A pretty good idea, right? I mean... I don't know. So, the only reason that men who channel are a problem here and now is because they're, they have no choice but either be, be the dragon or be hunted and either killed or still. Well, right? eventually they go crazy. Yeah, but the point yes. Rand makes is that eventually probably isn't going to come. Yeah. It's true. I, I don't it, know how long... They okay, I, I do know there are... Uh, <laughs> with seven more nine books. Nine more books in this series. <laughs> yeah. So I know it's going to be a while. So they, they do have some time. And these guys, like, if, if he gathers a bunch of them and they all start popping off, that's a big problem. Yeah. Well, he's also, like, he's he's pretty strong. I feel like if that does happen, he could deal with it one by one, you know? Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, he has a, an army of channelers that just didn't exist before. I think it's smart because it helps keep I, I think if he offers them this amnesty and a place beside him, then that'll get rid of any more pretenders. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the reason that false dragons happen are because, like, if you're a male channeler, what else can you be, right? Hmm, right. Shoot the moon. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from. I do think that it's, in the long term, would be a problem. But I'd, we haven't seen a man go mad from channeling in their entire reading of the series, right? Like, they're mm-hmm. always caught, stilled, and killed before... Anything happens. Yeah, we don't know how true. long it takes. Well, I don't know. It's it's also like it's kind of like a thing that's guaranteed to make people turn against you because everybody hates men who can channel. He does mention that he it's something he w- hoped to delay until he controlled more countries. <laughs> mm-hmm. But Davram kind of forced him to say that because he yeah. said he was hunting. Yeah, right. But I mean, at this point, Brand does own what four of the five biggest countries in the world. Well, speaking of, Bashir tells him. You know, I, I think I can speak for my queen here when I say, if you're the Dragon Reborn, we're joining you. Yeah. And he's right. The, the Borderlands probably get what's going on, right? Yeah. So not just Saldea, all of them are probably going to join Rand. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the first time, right? I mean, even the Aiel, he had to fight a war to settle that issue, right? Yeah. But uh, this is the first time 
someone has peaceably joined Rand. Mm-hmm. And he's getting he's getting a pretty badass general out of the mix out of the deal. Right, too. yeah. Although I keep thinking like so about your daughter, right? <laughs> yeah. So you want to find your daughter. You might check the two rivers. You should oh. probably check my good friend's bed. Rand doesn't <laughs> know that though, right? Uh well. Like does Rand doesn't know? know who she is. Oh. I think only Parent knows who she is. Yeah, he just right. knows her as fail. I'm sorry, fail. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, that's interesting. Okay, well, that, but you're, that, but you're that'll right. be... Uh... This is going to be a thing that's going to happen eventually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's some information that's going to happen. Well, I mean, maybe maybe it'll be all right. So he's going to find out his daughter's hooked up with uh, the, the new king of the two Married rivers. Married to. I think he'll be down with it. Dunham seems like a pretty... pretty uh, Matter of fact, a guy, and I mean, it is Lord Perrin Goldeneye's trollic fucker. So, right, exactly. Yeah, that's a pretty badass king of the wolves. And it's like, uh, <laughs> Zareen, tell me one thing: Did he truly fuck those trollocs? Yes, father. So many trollocs. <laughs> <laughs> then you have my blessing. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Meanwhile, something gets Asmodian. He's just dead. I, I mean, I, this, this was so abrupt. I was just. He's like walking along, ruminating on his life. He's like, oh, you know, things are going pretty well for me. Yeah. You know, it's a little scary, but, you know, oh, he's dead. He opens the pantry to get some wine. But he says, you know, which makes me think that it's somebody who we thought was dead and is not dead. Mm, or somebody, maybe. Some, somebody, somebody he, he knows. Recognizes. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's somebody he recognizes. Immediately but somebody, as a threat. Mm-hmm, yeah. But somebody he did not think would be there. Right. So one of the Forsaken? That's it has to be, right? Like, who I, else would it be? Yeah, not necessarily. I mean, it doesn't have to be somebody who has died or is supposed to be dead, but probably somebody he knows, which probably means they're forsaken. But yeah, I mean, there's not that many left, right? We've got uh, a bunch. There were 13 to start with. Yeah, but he's killed like six or seven of them, right? Like oh. we can go to, so we, there, there were okay, two. Okay, Aganor and Balthamel. Dead in the first book. Right? Ishmael, Belal, uh-huh. um, Lanfear, uh, as of this book, and yeah. just now Ravin. Yeah, so, so that's, that's six. Nearly half of them. So we've got Samael, Oh, I think I've got the list. Okay, here we go. Um, Agenor. Dead. Mm-hmm. Asmodian. Balthamel. Oh, yeah, we were counting Asmodian. Yeah, we were counting Asmodian. <laughs> um, yeah, he's dead. Bilal. Dead. Demandred. Still alive. M.I.A. Grendel. Still alive. Ishmael. Dead. Lanfear. Dead. Masana. Oh, oh, we don't know. Somewhere, around somewhere. Never seen her. Magedian. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Raven. Dead. Samael. Uh, Golden Bee Man. Semiraj. The Bumblebee Boy. The Bumblebee Boy. <laughs> Semiraj hasn't showed up yet. Yeah, that's it. So it's like, That's all of them? Yeah. So it's like five, four or five left? Thirteen. There were thirteen and all. So there's like three or four people that can that this could be. Yeah, if, yeah. For, if it's a Forsaken, which we suspect. Right. And if all the ones we think are dead are for reals, he's dead. Right. Right. And then uh, we get a quick check-in with Morgase, who has got... Hasn't been able to get any allies because Ravin really fucked things up for her. Yeah. And so she's heading to Amadisia in search of new allies. Okay, so I'm having I'm having trouble keeping track of this. Amadisia is where Saladar is, right? Um or is it not, is it not? I think it's it's close. It's in on the border at least. Uh, Amadisia is the white cloak country. Okay. So yeah, they're they're very close together. I remember there's a, a river that they're crossing back and forth and on one yeah, side is Amadisia the, and the other side is is Gaelden. Gaelden. And Talonvor is being kind of creepy. Uh, I mean, she's into it, though. 
Yeah. Oh God. There's there's a there's a line from Old Lady. There's no point letting the honey age too long before you eat it. I'm like, damn, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and Morgan's like, damn, girl. <laughs> but did anybody else feel like this was a really anticlimactic ending? Like ending with this little thing with Morgay's? I thought it was weird. Mm, so I yeah. think it's I think it's a, a state of the state of the characters kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like he he's because this is not the ending. The ending was when he killed Robin. That was like the end of the the, mm-hmm. the main plot. Mm-hmm. The death of um, the death of or I mean, if you call it death of of Moraine and Lanfear, and then the death of Robin is sort of like the the climax of everything. So yeah, this I, last chapter, I think, is just like okay, here's where everyone is. That's where we're wrapping up. I, I think she's right though. That is from a like a, a narrative flow standpoint, is anticlimactic. It was very weird. Like this. Ravin stuff like kind of happens and we get like the twist where the land fear fight happens and then the Ravin fight happens and then like some other stuff happens. But you look at the other books and you know, he beats Belal and it's like, and then like the, the stone of tear rang with the cries of Randall Thor, the Lord dragon. Yeah. And that was the end, you yeah. know? And here we get Morgay's talking about her clothing and, you yeah. know, saying You're- she wants to get, her thrown back. Here's me, what's up is, with these side characters. To me, this is all lead into the next book. Like, it, the, the, maybe this is the first time he's done it, but the purpose of this chapter is not for this book. It's for like the next story. You see it as like kind of an afterward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, this is an afterward to me. I, 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 I think the content isn't bad, but from a flow standpoint, it's kind of a whimper. Mm. Yeah. I, I guess I've just seen books do that kind of thing, where it's like, okay, now the story's over. Here's what to, what to look forward to, you know. Mm-hmm. Although killing Asmodian like that is just a little out of the field. Yeah, right. He's a character who he's been investing a lot of energy into up until now, and it's just kind of abrupt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he George R. R. Martin's in. Yeah, all I was, right. I was kind and of liking then, Asmodian, you know. I was. Uh, I'm, I'm into Asmodian. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. liked him too. I'm kind of disappointed that he's just gonna die just like I, that. I really like that one snippet of his thoughts that we got right before he died, where he's like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure I'm on Rand's side, all right. <laughs> uh-huh. Until he is reborn again. Oh, yeah, later on. Yeah. Mm. Purple Rand. Next age. Purple Rand. <laughs> yeah. As Prince. Yeah. Totally. All right. So we are in, we are five books in now. What did you guys think of the Fires of Heaven? Um, I. Okay. High highs and low lows. Yeah, I would completely mm. agree. This had some chapters that I found incredibly frustrating. Not boring. Like there, were, I think it was in the the second book where there were a bunch of travel chapters. So I was just like trying to struggle to get through them. Th- these were frustrating to read. Sometimes Nynaeve's chapters were hard to read on many on, on many occasions. But man, this had some really great chapters too. Like the to me, this ending was just awesome, nonstop. Just like the stuff that Jordan is really good at. These epic battle scenes like these this wizard duel all these fun like fights oh it was great back i personally think thought the fight with ravin was a little weak it was it's like i just drove to his house and shot him you know like there's no it doesn't he, the whole narrative isn't really leading towards ravin it's leading toward this trap with the forsaken right yeah and what happens with the forsaken after this we don't know that just didn't happen. Well, it didn't because Robin was one of them, right? Like he Rand just disabled that trap by Yeah, but accident. to me that feels kind of weak. It's not like Rand never even knew there was a trap, right? He just kind of went nuts. Yeah, that's true. And decided to go after Robin because Robin killed his ex-girlfriend's mom. I, I well, 
to me, that's sort of thematically appropriate for this story, just because it's like this idea that the the pattern is bending around Rand. So they're they're they have all these machinations. They're trying to do all these things, but Rand is top Rand. So all these this course of events just pops up and happens to foil their plot, which is kind of the way the story works in some ways, right? Yeah, it is, and it wasn't awful. You know, it was still interesting wizard duel stuff, and I love wizard duel stuff. Yeah. But I see what you mean. I, I think that they... But, like, Robin is kind of like this other guy that's also in the story. And Rand and Winton killed him, and that's the climax. I think that they he probably could have given more time to that fight. The, the fact that it was split between Rand and Robin fighting and Nynaeve, like, lugging around her wizard battery, Mugedian, was, <laughs> was a little a little weird, right? And, and, I, and I get why he did it. He was he was trying to weave this this these two paths that all of a sudden, like, led to this cool... You know, convergence, yeah, yeah. but I I think it kind of detracted from Brandon Robbins' fight. I don't know. Yeah, I could see I could see where you're coming yeah, from. Yeah, it just I felt like it wasn't it, it's not very connected to the other events because the other big events here are the Aiel crossing crossing the Dragon Wall and the giant battle at Kyrian. Those are the other things that happened here, and like Nynaeve and Elaine hanging out at the circus for a while. Yeah. I don't, I, I I still to this to the end of this book. I don't know what that purpose that served. Having Nynaeve be mm. on the like, I thought maybe that would turn Nynaeve into a different character, but it didn't really, right? I mean, Nynaeve didn't seem to grow much as a result of those. I think Elaine grew a bit. I would say that's true, um, but she's sort of a tertiary character at this point. Yeah. I, yeah. Overall, it felt kind of shapeless. It didn't have the the drive that all the books have had up until this point where they, you know, they had a start point and an end point and, you know, a clear arc. This just sort of felt like a bunch of stuff that happened. And some of that stuff was awesome. I wonder if you could say that after a certain point, like imagine, imagine if the book had just ended after the battle of Kyrian, like that would, I think that would have been a great ending. So what if, what if it makes more sense to stop thinking of these as like, complete books and as as pieces of this like okay what if this is two books right this mm-hmm. is the book where rand brings the aiel across and then this is the rand book where rand begins like his pursuit of the of the next the forsaken and i don't know if that maybe it has less natural breaks in it now that he knows he's going to write yeah I, books I think robert whatever. jordan is thinking of it less book to book and more of this ongoing saga because he can do things like just not have parent in the entire book which, oh man, I'm, I'm still, like, I, I, I think I mentioned this before. I think that's why I stopped reading the series, because Perrin was one of my favorite characters, and I was really disappointed he wasn't in this book. Yeah, yeah. But he'll be back, you know, so it's sort of like, it, it goes on forever, and eventually everybody will be back. It's just weird from a narrative perspective to have one of the three, like, primary, like, plot focuses just not even appear in a book. I think the, the slot even began um, in The Shadow Rising, because I feel like the whole arc with the Aiel begins when Rand goes to the Waste and learns about his history, and it ends when he defeats Kuladin. Yeah. And and proves himself like the undisputed leader of the Aiel. And if that had all happened in one book, I think it would have been very satisfying. But this, it sort of slopped over into this book, and the Kyrian stuff was awesome, super awesome. Yeah, it's a really cool fight. But that's all that happened. Uh, yeah, I, I wonder... I wonder what Robert Jordan's notes began to look like at this point. If he had like these big, 
arcs and just like he, he kind of ignored like, where they ended up in books like they're probably all messed up with piles of money on top of them you know <laughs> trying to move the money out of the way to look at his notes right anyway, uh, what did you think it was my favorite so far really it really was um i know i completely agree with a lot of the points that you guys are making i think it is directionless in a lot of ways i don't understand why there had to be a circus but i loved the circus <laughs> yeah. um i thought the only thing I did not like about this book is I found, um, I mean, there were some hangups with Rand, but it was mostly just Egwene was such a shithead and Nynaeve was kind of shitty. Avienda became slightly less shitty, but mm. I thought the Battle of Kyrian was awesome. I thought uh, the 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 twists at the end with Moraine and Lanfear and Asmodian and those people, you know, Matt and Avienda and them being dead and then not being dead. I thought it was super cool. I really enjoyed it. Like if you're just reading these books for pleasure and not thinking <laughs> too hard about it, they're fun. I, I have to say yeah, cool. to, to your point, Alice, when, when Lanfear blows through that, that wagon, I was not expecting that. That, that was like, I did not see that coming at all. This was the first book that like genuinely surprised me. With I things completely that agree. Yeah. Like the otherwise, Otherwise, up until now, generally you've you've seen where things are going. You know, it's like okay, this is this is the path. We're working on the path, and then we reach the the the, the end. So when as he was preparing to go fight Robin, I was like, okay, I see where this is going to go. And then when Lanfear, when Lanfear popped in, I I was I had no uh, no nothing revealing that to me. You know, yeah, it made perfect sense. It didn't feel like it came out of nowhere because we know how Lanfear is. Uh, I just didn't expect it to be inserted there, and it was. I thought it was kind of cool. And and uh, also the book gets extra special bonus points and gold stars because of Matt becoming the commander, the general. <laughs> yeah, which is great. Yeah, he's, he's his character is getting better as we go. Yeah, I want as much Matt as possible in the forthcoming books. As long as it stays like this. Yeah. Yeah. This actually, yeah, this book actually got me excited again to keep reading the series. I think it was after the. Sh- uh, the shadow rising that I was kind of like, oh my God, what have we gotten into? But now I'm excited again. <laughs> awesome. I'm excited to begin Lord of Chaos. Hey guys, so we're uh, we're here at the end of book five. If you've been with us all along and you're really enjoying listening to us, then hey, please consider joining us and supporting us on Patreon. Uh, whether it's a dollar or five dollars or whatever. Fifty dollars, hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Any amount of money that you, you feel like you're able to, to help us out with uh, helps with the operating costs and, you know, hosting fees. So we appreciate any, any of you guys out there who can support us. And if you're already doing that, thanks for your support. It really means a lot to us. It really does. And we love hearing from you too. We really do. Um, Feel free to drop us a line at any time at hello at the dragon reread.com. I promise we read all of your emails and appreciate them. So that's it for this episode. Uh, Next time we'll be covering nothing because that's the end of this book. Uh, We're going to take a break on this podcast and we're going to do a season of our other podcast, uh, Muggles with Attitude, MWA, about Harry Potter. So please check that out if you like Harry Potter. Or if you don't like Harry Potter, like me, check it out anyway. Yeah, even if you don't enjoy Harry Potter, Jeff has some really like strong points about why <laughs> Harry Potter sucks but, to counterpoint. But we will be back on The Dragon Reread in uh, a few months, probably, when we get to Lord of Chaos, book six of The Wheel of Time. Since it'll be a little break, uh, if you want to keep track of us, you can follow us on Twitter or Facebook um, or our Patreon, um, and that'll uh, or our RSS feed or our website, thedragonreread.com, any of these places, so you'll know when the next season is online. And any other interesting uh, podcasts that we might put out? Absolutely. 
I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan. I'm Micah Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. <laughs> if you have anything you want to say to us, please drop us a line at hello at thedragonreread.com. We would love to hear from you. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please like us in real life. We're super likable. Until next time. The, the light, light illumine you. you.